0: hello and welcome to the redefining success podcast i am your host ruta and in this episode we have a very special and the very first guest of the history of this podcast which i'm extremely excited about i came across this personality while binge watching youtube videos on topics i'm passionate about and in this case it was an episode of one of the most controversial spiritual teachers who smoked cigars while sharing his wisdom his name is Bentinho Masaro, and I definitely recommend checking him out. And so today I'm having a conversation with Anurag Gupta, who has been closely working and have become friends with Bentinho after decades of working in the personal development industry. And although Anurag is not seeking publicity, he is dedicated to redefining success with various purpose-driven projects while having a ridiculously awesome time. I honestly was blown away by this conversation and had to re-listen to it myself several times as there's so much gold in it. So just so you know, he starts by explaining what his life mission is all about and how that plays out in the context of some of his previous clients. I do really hope you'll have as much fun listening to this conversation as I did. Here we go.
1: What my life's about is like source and harmony, to bring source and harmony to everything. Um, I'm playing the game of altering the trajectory of what's happening in life on a planet uh, and having as much fun as humanly possible while doing it. I wanna see if I can be the first person in history who dies from too much fun. (laughs) um, You know, and uh, yeah, so it's just redefining life and what's possible. And I do that because that's what I love doing. You know, when I do these business workshops and people are like, oh, I'm struggling, I'm suffering so much. you know, from the business and stuff like that, and you know, go oh, um, and it's causing them so much pain. They go, whose business is it? Mine. Wh- who started it? I did. Who keeps it? I do. Okay, you're an idiot. Well, if you're not just making choices that are uh, a fuck yes for you, then it's a no. And if why are you putting up with that? That kind of makes it's kind of like this: watching a TV show you don't like, complaining, and not changing the channel. Like, why are you doing that? And listen, I have compassion. So it's like, so it's at some level you get, I would invite people to get that. Um, that's just playfully just being an idiot. Like I could change this thing. Like, uh, you know, I work in every year in the business, what that looks like in a business. People are going, oh, I'm having so much trouble. Why were these people? And they, they don't do their job and they're they're not doing it well. They're doing it wrong. I said, oh, so you know what? You're paying people every week to um, do bad work, to not get stuff done and to irritate you they go no no that's not i'm paying them to do this but they're doing that they go i go so then we argue a little bit then i go okay let me ask you this every week do are they uh don't do their work they do it badly and do they irritate you every week does that happen yes every week do they do you pay them yes okay well then you're paying them to do that also which makes you need do you get what i'm saying like if we stepped back we would see that everything that's happening we're doing it
2: absolutely so in your experience working with those people who own businesses and they seem to be doing things that you, that, that they don't want to do and oftentimes they don't even question themselves so how do you how do you start a conversation with them when they think they want to change but then they're in that loop of making same decisions again and again and again
1: i go then i tell them you don't want to change because if you did, then you would. Now, listen, part of that, part of like saying, hey, like this makes you an idiot is it's just a, it's just a fun way to interrupt, you know, because, you know, that because like you just said, they're doing it again and and again. And then people go, if they've gotten to me, they've already read books, this and got all these positive things and hasn't made any difference. So I want to interrupt it. The idea is to interrupt with my, with a, with a loving heart. I want to, I want to say, idiot, like I would say to my child, don't run in front of the car. You know, I'm yelling, but I'm not, I'm not trying to be critical. I'm saying, hey, wake up. You're being an idiot. What? Well, you're constantly doing stuff that is causing you pain and you're not changing. And they go, uh, but I, I can't. It's my business. It's making me all this money. So I'm like, so you're going why did you shut it down? But I can't. Why not? Sell it. What do people are like? I can't. Actually, you can, but they're, but they're in this f- crazy, like reality. Like I can't, well, like, no, you can. <laughs> right. So it's like, and have the, one of the first things I want people to get is to out of the loop where they go, um, that they, they go, no, no, I, people come and they go to, I want to change and I want to change and nothing is changing. And then people try to help them change. And I go, no, you do. N-. The first thing you need to get is you don't want to change.
2: Why do you think they don't
1: want to change? Well, because something about it is working. I mean, there's a whole list of uh, reasons. Um, the, the fundamental one, from my, from my view, right? This is My view of it is after studying lots and lots and lots of things about human beings and lots of different methodologies, if I were, if I were to make it as simple as possible, I would say the, the biggest motivator of an adult in making decisions is avoiding discomfort. And so there's the discomfort of the change of the effort of the uncertainty of whatever, and whatever they're doing is buying them something. Otherwise they wouldn't keep doing it. Right. So I have a view, which is that the nature of intention, I have an experience that everything is happening 100% consistent with your intention, whatever your intention is, that's what's happening. And people go, people go, I want to be in a committed relationship and they just, keep picking the wrong person or they keep sabotaging the relationship. And we dig underneath it and we realize, oh, their real intention is to make sure they don't get really hurt again. So what's happening is totally consistent with the real intention.
2: Which probably means that they don't really know what they want in the first place. They don't really know what their intention is.
1: No, most people are working from what they think their intention should be and therefore are hiding from themselves what their intention really is. I helped a, had a guy who wanted to really increase his business, and nothing, nothing we did made any difference. It's the same stuff I'd somewhere else. I doubled somebody's business. And then we looked at it and he goes, Oh, his real intention is protect my balanced life. Because he'd worked really hard to get it to this place. And now he has a baby girl, he does the Iron Man, he's like this, and and then um oh so actually he said in his words because the right thing is grow my business but his real intention is protect my balanced life which means don't let it grow anymore otherwise it'll mess up my balanced life so he's actually succeeding in his real intention so if people are whatever they're doing my view of it is it's like this i used to say people are like oh you're so busy at work and i don't have a minute a second and they go that's not true i said, oh no but i said well i can't i can't get away i can't make time for this meeting i said all right if a family member died and you had to go across the country to the funeral, would you go? They'd go, oh yes, because well, you, you can make the time, right? Then they go, no, 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 that's, uh, uh, but that's important. Okay, I said, well, look at this. I remember my first business. I had a, I had a photography business at a photo lab. I worked seven days a week when I was getting it off the ground, and I would work two or three times all in the week, all night, all night in the dark room, and I couldn't make five minutes to see my family or my girlfriend. And, you know, it was so busy, so busy. It was real for me. But then my favorite band in the world at the time, The Who, was having their last concert ever in Toronto, and suddenly I was gone for four days. So that's not somebody dying. That's just something I made important. Do you get what I'm saying? We're so full of shit. The whole basis of the work is that we're full of shit. If it is your intention, you'll figure out a way to do it. So if you're not doing it, it must not be your intention.
2: And that's the thing. That's what I meant also that I think a lot of people don't ever question themselves. They are so on an autopilot. For most people, it's very uncomfortable to even ask themselves, what do I actually want? What my intention is? They're not honest with themselves. So I wonder what in your experience, when do people start actually asking these questions to themselves? Uh, almost never. Why do you think that
1: is? that's a good question? Um, So let me see every I cannot, I can almost I'm not just trying to think I don't know if I can remember any time working with tens of thousands of people, somebody's ever come to me and said, Hey, can you help me figure out what my intention really is? People have only ever come to me and said, Hey, can you help me make something happen? You know, whatever, or give me freedom or whatever they say they've come to me with their intention with whatever intention they bring to the table. But I don't know if anybody's ever asked, until I've done this work with them, and they go, oh, my God, I must, until I've brought it to the table, I don't think anybody's ever asked me, oh, help me get clear about my intention. And I, I actually just think, Ruta, that it's simply because in our environment, that's not ever, where in any of our education or anything has it, been brought forth even even in a lot of this kind of work if this read books no i don't i, I don't know if it ever says hey you should question your intention i i'm, I'm not i don't know i'm not saying there isn't i, I just can't recall anything i think mainly what it, why not is that it's it doesn't even exist as a topic and i personally think it's the most important topic because everything flows down from there see i stopped leading a lot of workshops and stuff like that because people were coming with an intention without realizing it to not to do the work but they knew work needed to be done they didn't really feel like dealing, you know, like the discomfort. So they just show up at workshops to make them feel good, but not really go out and do the work. And then and then they're feeling like, oh, I'm doing work, I'm doing work. It's like having a gym membership and then not actually exercising.
2: That's the thing that most people want a quick fix. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, let's come to a workshop. I will come to, to I don't know, 10 coaching sessions, and my life is going to be, you know, completely turned around. I will be happily, you know, happily ever after. But that doesn't that way Nope. instant gratification well
1: nope. I mean no. so the thing is um, I think one of the most powerful things people can do is to get clear where where they're coming from what's my intention intention alters everything it alters what you do and it alters how you do what you do
2: could you expand a little bit on that what does it mean where you're coming from
1: yeah, sure. Um, so over almost three decades of doing this work, the biggest shift I've had in that time is this shift. Of, I used to navigate, most we're taught to navigate from where am I getting to, what's my goal, what do I want to achieve? It could be material, it could even be spiritual, but it's still wanting to achieve something, wanting to get to uh, a million dollars, wanting to get to bliss. It's still wanting to get somewhere, right? And I made a particular kind of success, like in the world of hmm, redefining success, that kind of success is no longer what I pursue, but against the standard convention is very successful because I could help, I could take anybody's goal and help them exceed it, whether it's relationship, whether it's financial or whatever, let's set it out, let's go for it. And we would meet or exceed that. The point of navigation is where am I getting to? where are we getting to is the point of navigation. And because the world likes that, I was successful at that. It did well, but no matter what, whenever we got there, there was still something missing, some kind of peacefulness and wholeness. And so I threw myself into that because I, we became reliable at that. Didn't still something missing, spent time studying, learning, inquiring time in jungles, and then something started to alter. And what altered was is that, Oh, instead of the point of navigation where am i getting to it became the point of navigation is where am i coming from and it came no no destination no that is that right now where am i coming from am i coming let me give a few different examples ultimately it's about a point of honor that where am i coming from and that coming from my calling my purpose staying true to something and the, the thing about it is that when I was helping people getting somewhere. Where am I getting to? I could tell you for sure we're going to get there, or better, but I couldn't tell you for sure how you're going to be. Like, are you going to be completely at peace? Instead, in this approach, where are you coming from? I can promise you a hundred percent. You have no idea where you're going to end up. None. But I can also promise you, you're going to be at home mm-hmm. and at peace. You see, so you know, like I could be my intention is also like where am i coming from like so i could have an intention to uh you know to like to never get hurt again and that's where i'm coming from and therefore i don't let you get too close <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. did you get what i'm saying mm-hmm. or i
1: could be coming from uh l- love fully expressed and that'll be a different i could you know where i'm coming from now does that put me more at risk and stuff yes it does but it, where i'm co- now i don't know what it's going to look like I have to, if I if I come from that, wherever I come from, um, it's going, you know, often where we were coming from, I wanted this and I want to make money. I want to, it's all about control. We don't like the discomfort of not knowing how it's going to end up. But if I'm going to come from, I'm going to love with my whole heart, no matter what, it's going to go where it's going to go. <laughs> I don't know. Right? It, but it's even as simple as like, I... Could have a a, a a sales script you know some companies they have a script you sales people use got to read this thing and it could be very, very, very well done now i could have an intention or i could be coming from a place where I, when i read it that i want to get your money so i can have my commission i could be coming from there that's my intention You yeah or i could be coming and that'll give you one kind of experience or i could be coming from I really want to take care of you and hope you get what you need, and I, that will give you a different experience. Now, I could read the same words on the script, but if I come from one place versus the other place, it produces a completely different experience and a completely different result.
2: Absolutely. So, two directions I'm 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 now contemplating on. So, the first question that I have is about the control that people are afraid to give up their control and. On the one hand, they're afraid to give away the control over the external environment. But in fact, by surrendering to that, coming back to where they are coming from, they actually take the control back in their hands because it's really reconnecting with who you are.
1: Yes. Well, the thing about it is is it's like um, you have to give up. Well, you don't have to. My recommendation is to give up control of the outcome, but maintain complete control of who you are. So you never sell out on yourself in order to chase an outcome.
2: So it's detachment from the outcome. So you you basically are focusing on your free self-expression, being as authentic as you possibly can be.
1: Yes. And then you end up wherever you end up from being yourself, which... You know, people are like, but then it it doesn't, people, you have to give up the addiction to the picture. We've gotten, we've inherited all these pictures of what success should look like. So go back to in the whole, your how you started this. So one of the most important things I do is I help people get, become aware of and break the addiction of the picture. Look, at like this, looks like this, looks like this needs to look like this, because in order to get it to where it looks like, they sell out on themselves. Now, if you just be yourself and be true, things go differently. They don't go to the words that picture they go to what is an expression of you. And some results don't happen. Other ones do some people go away, other ones show up. But then you are in an environment that is you that is aligned with you. And you love waking up in that environment. It's just not going to look like what you think it should look like because that picture is formed from outside of you from this from lack beliefs, from all sorts of different things.
2: So what is then your opinion about setting goals? overall so does that actually
1: make sense at all yes I I have a view that everything serves a purpose if it's used properly it's how do I use goals instead of how do I be instead of being used by them. So in my work because what I would say we don't have a sourceful relationship to goals I first have people get rid of them all completely so they can like wash it out of their system. And then understand about how to create goals as possible guides, not as rigid things to get to.
2: What comes in my head is how to heal your nature of being a progress junkie, how to stop chasing shiny objects, (laughs) how to interrupt that spiral and really just let go, detach from any any expectations that's also what's happening right so if if you have goals if you have a vision and you're really chasing that that's expectations yep
1: and all of it means even if it's the most it's even worse if it's a really really beautiful 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 vision because it becomes even more important to get there which is even more like that when i get there i'll be happy which of course when i get there that'll be it which of course means this is not it you know, I have, a, I have a joke about think calling creating a new organization called twelve step program called Achievers Anonymous. Addiction to needing to achieve. So, you know, one of the uh, I've regularly built how people multiply their companies and stuff like that. Now, it's I work on quality of life, and one of my best successes is a guy. We took his business from two point two million dollars to one point two million dollars, and from eight staff to three staff. And his life is so, and he only does work that he loves now, and he spends more time with his family, mountain biking, and then traveling, which is what he always wanted to do, right? So, but people are like what? I said, yeah, this is, here's one of my success stories. We cut his business in half. <laughs>
2: That's the funny thing that I, I come across so many people who are chasing destination. Somehow, it's so hard for people to actually get it. It's such a simple thing, yet such a nuanced thing. So. Yes what do you normally give as an advice for people to at least start with to start enjoying the journey
1: mostly i haven't succeeded Ruta, in like having a few statements and everybody else gets it like this seems to be so built into us i i, it's, I seem to, i tend to have to work with people for a while to really pull out the programming i'm not saying there isn't a simple way to, but i can say a few things i haven't successfully come up with like oh this and this you know in fact one of the things that i really take people's asses on his embodiment, like I say, stop like saying phrases like, hey, it's the journey and this and that. If you're not actually going to fucking like put some attention on it, stop saying that shit. Well, you know, uh, so, but you know, one of the things is I talked to people, I said, I said, look at, look at, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Oh, this will make more money. Why? Because this, why? Why don't get a promotion? Why? I'm like, why? Well, because then I'll have more of this and this. I could go, okay, good. Why? Well, because then this, well, why? Because, well, because then then I'll be happier. I said, oh, I see. So let's get clear, first of all, that the goal isn't a bigger house. The goal isn't more money, goals than that. The goal is, let's say, to be happier, or more fulfilled. Yeah. So let's just clear about why you're doing all that ultimately is that. Okay, cool. So can we just jump to what I call the end game now and just focus on that and cut out all of the steps in between? Are you open to doing that? And are you open to, this, to letting go of your attachments? To what you think is the path and something like this sometimes they're yes sometimes they're, you can see this the right answer is yes but they don't let it go you know when i open a, a lot of my business workshop i always ask people i said tell me before we start so we can deal with your addiction to more what will make you happier getting more or not wanting more every single time i've ever asked that question the first person always says this can't I have both? Because they know the right answer is not wanting more, but they're terrified to give up their attachment to getting more. So it's about understanding that fear, that attachment, that addiction, like, oh my God, like, look at you. And I could say, listen, most of you in this room, you have a certain amount of money and whatever you do, right? Maybe it's a little, maybe it's a lot. But you know that if I went to a younger, if I went back in your history, and if I went back in your history, I could find a younger version of you. And if I said to that younger person, one day you're going to have this much money, which is the amount that you have now. If I went to that person and said, one day you're going to have this much money, that person would have gone, Oh my God. If I ever had that much money, I would be so happy. Oh my God. That would be amazing. And here you are. You've got that much that the younger person would have said, Oh my God. So why do you, you just, you, I try to people like stop and feel that. Right? Like, get this. And I won't, I used to, but I won't get behind people on just increasing anything from that space anymore, because I've already done it lots of times and it didn't produce anything. Um, Sometimes I'll go over this thing, which I call the myth of performance. I think everything we deal with is a myth, but in this particular case, I'll I'll use an example of what what the company that did it with, right? so. this couple of guys, they were in a workshop that I did in Vancouver. They're from LA. They had a marketing company. They did the workshop a year later. They said, Oh my God, it's been amazing. We applied the stuff. We tripled the company from six to $18 million. We landed this massive account from Nike and other, these things like all this, right? Would you, we'd love for you to come and do some training with the whole staff. So being my colleague, we went and I could see, and I did, I always do some preparation. I'm interviewing, talking to people and like, go, So you guys, what do you what impact what's what's the on your what has happened in the world of performance? The world of this is for me in the world of redefining success and performance, right? Mm -hmm. He said, Well, we've tripled our performance, you know, 18 million in a year instead of six. I said, Okay, from my perspective, your performance has dropped by about 67%. That seems kind of weird, right? Well, here's why. So the same exercise I just talked about, why, What are you calling? Oh, first I asked people, let's first define performance. So we did a bunch of work and basically came to the conclusion, if you have more of what you want out per unit of in, right, more miles per gallon or more, uh, dollar. you know, you put effort in or you put energy in and then you get more out per unit in, that's an increase in performance, right? It's simple math, right? said, okay, good. So what is it? So the output needs to be what you want. Yes. So what do you want? This more money? Yes. This, that houses, cars, this, that. Oh, what you want is to be more happy. Yes. Yes. Okay, good. So I said, I've been talking to you guys and you're now you're, you're bigger. You've got these more clients. You're busier. You're a little bit, I found you're like about the same as last year. You're a little bit more, uh, more work, a little bit less exercise, less family time, all these different things. Right. So I would say you're slightly less happy than you were at this time last year, but let's even say the same. Let's even say the same, right? So if performance is more of what you want output per unit input, you used to be this happy with $6 million, and now it takes $18 million to make you the same amount happy, which means your performance has just gone down the tubes. Imagine if it took my car suddenly three times as much gas to go the same distance. What are you chasing? Where are you
2: going? That's the thing that it's. it seems like we are so used to measuring our life in whichever shape and form, in money, in toys, in how many cars we have and how many houses we buy and how many vacations we are able to go to. And, and it's just collecting stuff, accumulating stuff. And what about just getting rid of any measurements and just focusing on what is right in front of you right here right now and what you can be grateful for here
1: that's why i recommend on a on a, on a foundation of profound gratitude you clean up your life you know everything the integrity the physical space resolve Like just clean shit out and then just stay true and if you do that i literally will promise you i will, I will absolutely guarantee your life will be spectacular
2: Mm, I love this and and what you're basically saying is decluttering life decluttering mind from all the mess from all the noise from all the stuff that actually doesn't make any sense and to me what what that's that means is we're so overcomplicating things like it's all possible scenarios to avoid just decluttering we'll say oh but maybe I will try this and maybe I will try that and maybe I will do this and then I will be happy while in fact it's as simple as simplifying your life
1: it's one of the reasons why i don't do workshops and that anymore because i saw my view my view as an addiction people not wanting to go and clean up what there was to clean up and that creates a certain kind of disquiet or an unease or a lack of peace and instead of going in and cleaning that out and getting peaceful just like taking a drug doing another workshop reading another book getting another hit of a new distinction of a little high and they try to instead of cleaning that out distract ourselves and listen i'm all everything i say i recognize in myself everything i say i recognize in myself i'm not pointing any fingers this is what i discover. oh let me get this let me get that uh, and then i was like oh i need to go to, no i don't i just need to stop and clean my stuff up and then i get really peaceful versus oh let me get a, a new principle a new uh, distinction a new uh, whatever and uh, uh it feels good for a while or at the new workshop and then then it fades and because you know and if I just clean everything up, I don't need to go anywhere or do anything. And then I just stay true, and I operate with honor. Now it's just about living with honor. Be true to my purpose. Be of service. And uh, I mean, I actually, I'm working on this thing. I just call it Heba for short, H-E-B-A, because I have a view. I don't know, just a view. It's not just theoretical. I've done it, and I've worked some people through it. I can also, I can guarantee a, a really just a, just a joyful, remarkable life. All you need to do is have enough and be awesome. H e b a. just have enough, be awesome, have enough, be awesome, have enough, be awesome with others, have enough. If you had enough and you just spent all day just being awesome, I promise you, I promise you, I absolutely promise you, love you guys. Now, if anybody's listening to this, they'll know the logic, don't even take my word for it, just try it for a week or two, whatever like that. But you know what? Even though it's there, the math is simple. Even if people understand it, they get it, agree with it, they won't do it. Because that's how totally full of shit we are. I promise you. I promise you. You just have make sure you have enough. And you just be awesome. Like really, with others. With others, just be awesome with life. Be of service. Be awesome. Uh, you just be, have an open heart and a smile on your face all the time. And even though I'm saying this and people understand the formula, they still won't do it.
2: I'm guessing now this is a complete assumption that still even there are if there are a lot of people who don't do it but I'm guessing that you had experience when people actually did it and they really committed to themselves
1: 100 percent of the time when people did it it was effective they go wow they at one hundred percent of the time people did it life got better than they ever imagined and part of it was is they weren't trying to have their life be better they were just focusing like on, it's like this. You're, on, you're playing uh, football. You're chasing the ball. You're, your attention is on the game. You're giving it everything to the game. And then you go, ah, oh, that was great. You're not going, am I happy? Am I not happy? Am I getting what I want? No, you're giving to the team. You're giving to the game.
2: What do you think these people who committed to themselves, what distinguished them from the ones who didn't?
1: It, w- it was authentically their intention to elevate their life. They already wanted to elevate their life before I presented it. And they were willing to use whatever was presented. Where it says I'm going to listen to what you present and then decide whether or not I think I'm going to. So I tell people I said you should get clear if it really is your intention to elevate your life, and if it's not, stop reading this stuff and stop listening to me and stuff like that because you're just giving yourself more stuff that you're going to make yourself wrong for not doing.
2: Oh, that's such a such a pattern. Also, so many people actually, and including myself, I beat myself up for for not doing things that I said. My like let's say intention to do or to be this person and then if i don't accomplish it as in i want to be a better person today and then i would beat myself up simply because i am low on energy or something like that it's such a such a uh, trap to not treat ourselves well not love ourselves enough to accept all of ourselves with all the flaws with all the awesomeness all of it yeah
1: or there are no flaws there's just you there's just you oh i'm good at this i'm not good at this other people they're oh yeah they're good they're just just you
2: i wonder how do you deal with your own ego
1: i've decided i don't have one i started to have this observation so it started like this in my body work so like when i talked about intention right everything is given by your intention you say i want to be in a relationship but actually real intention is don't get hurt again I would. Call, I used to call it that's your default intention, and people would go, "Oh, oh my God! I need to get my default intention. I need to get it." And I go, "Okay, let's do the work." And then they would get it, and it, they wouldn't change anything. They just would walk around giving people a new, more enlightened excuse for their behavior. They wouldn't go, "Oh, now I'm going to step outside of it." They would say, "Oh, here's the reason for things." Do you get that? Because that wasn't the purpose of it. I'm going. It's not like it's just a. It was just a way to look at things to give you access, and so. And then I started to see something similar around ego. Oh, that was my ego. Oh, that was my ego. That was like, I, I could say there is a default attention. I could say there is an ego. And I, But I started to see how much I would then put blame onto it. And then I was now a victim of it. So, and so I decided to, then I looked at the, this, I read up on it. And, you know, somebody made up the term a few hundred years ago, right? Going like, I mean, until that there wasn't one. Somebody then said there is. And then like, okay. So then I looked at it. And I found something interesting, which is that if I say, Ah, that's the ego, and it's this thing over here, I don't have a lot of access. And people go this and the ego death, and I can't this, and you'll never get over it. You always have your ego to deal with. And I'm like, let's break it down into the exact, the actual thing that's happening. The actual thing that's happening. I could say, ah, my ego's in the way right now because I can't be myself worried. Or I could actually go, No, what's actually happening is instead of focusing on what I want to accomplish. I'm worrying about what people think about me, right now. That's what's happening. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I can change my point of focus. I could go, oh, that my oh, thats my ego—or I could go, hmm. Oh, I just caught myself. I'm worrying about what people think instead of focusing. I'm going to turn back and go focus on there. For me, it became much more accessible. So I'm not walking out in some arrogance. I don't have an ego like I don't have those concerns. But instead of saying I've, it's my ego, I just go, oh yeah. Sometimes I have those concerns and when I notice them, I switch back to other concerns that are more aligned.
2: Mm-hmm. Interesting. For me, actually, it does help a lot because in the very beginning, when, when I was completely identified with my thoughts, it was just very unproductive. And then as soon as I learned all about that, about consciousness and, and awareness and all of those topics, it actually became very, very helpful not to blame it on the ego, but rather to kind of befriend it.
1: Yes, it's even simpler than that, because uh, first it was like, okay, ignore it. Then it was like, let it be. Then it was like, but when you redirect it, it ceases to exist. You don't have to let it be or ignore it or anything. You, it just isn't. It's a lot simpler than you think it is. And listen, i thrown out most of the work that I've done over decades because I realized it con- it was effective, but it contributed to people's believing it's very complex The the simplest state that I've got to so far is I said, like I said, my view is everything comes from intention. Whatever your intention is, that is what you're going to cause in physical reality. So then I said, oh, I should help people get really clear about a a powerful intention instead of don't get hurt again. What is, you know, like that. So it's like, um, so then that's what created the work of the calling, which was people. after a lot of experimenting, I discovered that there's one type of intention that so far, 100% of the time, it leaves people fulfilled. And that type of intention is being of service. Whenever you make a difference with another human being, you're always like, ah, yes. So there was, so I discovered from experimenting that that type of intention was always fulfilling. So I thought, oh, I think maybe that's how we're designed is to be of service. Then I also found is that, um, instead of creating it, it's more of a discovery. It seems that everybody has like something that's them. That's what they what makes their heart full to bring that to the world. And then, so it helped people get to that. And then we discover it's really simple. Either you're coming from there or something else. And if you just practice coming from there and more and more and more, all the other stuff just disappears. And does it come up again? It does. And then you notice it and go, oh, do I want to worry about what people think? Or do I, like my calling is, you know, creating source, harmony. And so, oh, and I just simply go, uh, worrying about this. And, and nope, I think I'll go back to source and harmony. And I do. And then I just practice going back regularly and all of this and I'm not I'm not dismissing or criticizing the constructs of ego or this or consciousness or higher self, lower self. But we made all that shit up. But, but talking about like it is the truth and real, I won't do that. I'm not even saying what I'm saying is the truth real. I'm just saying, oh, I got access out of it, a much, much, much simpler access. And people should do whatever they want as long as it gives them gives them access. But you know, you asked the question, it's about how do I really date the ego? My huge my breakthrough was to no longer go that I have one. I just act different ways from different concerns at different times. And I can totally, there's just I, little I, big I, no, there's just me. I'm going to be responsible for what I do and who I am and where I'm coming from. And um, oh, I don't have to go somewhere else. I don't have to connect with a higher or lower self. Here I am. I'm the source of my existence. And practicing from that has made my life really, really simple and clear.
2: So how do you actually practice that? Because I think most people, they follow thoughts as they show up. And by default, most people have rather negative self-talk, for example. A lot of doubt, insecurity, fear, all that kind of stuff. And that requires practice to direct your attention to something that's more productive. So how do you practice?
1: Well, if you're really committed to something, and it's important, you put structures in place. So wh- one of the things that I teach is this thing called intention, architecture, and environment. And if something is your intention, you will create an architecture and an environment to support it. If it is your uh, intention to become an engineer, you will, <laughs> you will create the architecture you'll, you'll, of getting into university and studying college. Like you'll set up the structure to help you fulfill that. So if your intention is to be your calling versus an engineer, you set that up. And this is another piece where people are full of shit. They do it in the workshop and then they don't put any actions in place. But here's know, one of the most valuable things I did right here. I would have like a post-it note, right? It says, ask, and it just says, where am I coming from? Because you're right. You've got all that other stuff. But the thing that I discovered, or this is one of the most important things i discovered. What I'm talking about, people can be listening to it as uh, hard. It's not hard. It's not hard. People have, I'm generalizing. People have made it hard because they got insights into it from workshops or books, and then failed to execute on it and decided it was hard. It's not hard. It's just habit. So um, I learned very clearly that every time I had a great insight, I'm going to do this every day. Now I never did. I never did. I never did. And especially like, where am I coming from or my conversations because the moment something's coming at me, I forget. So I put a reminder in front of me. <laughs> Where am I coming from now? And then I would catch myself. See, if I go back, whatever decade and a half, I, in here I'd be like, "Oh my God!" I I would be having, wanting, to um, to look good or whatever, and be impressive in this, right? And I would say, I would say beforehand, look, okay, I don't want to come from there. Uh, and then very quickly, I'd forget that and I'd start worrying about that without realizing it. Like, oh, damn. But now, if, but instead of that, if I just put up a note up here, right, where am I coming from? I would like correct constantly. And you do that for enough time, it becomes natural. So do you want to live free of various concerns and fears? Then put stuff in your environment to help remember you do that. It's not difficult. It's just not your habit. It's not difficult. It's just not your practice. It's not difficult.
2: Absolutely. And this is so funny, because most of my clients, they're like, Yeah, but I, I still fall off the wagon. I've been doing this already for four, five, six months a year. And it's still I, I still fall for for the negative self talk and this and that and this and that. And I'm like, just be patient. It's a practice, 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 repeat, repeat, repeat. That's what it's all about repetition.
1: It's all repetition, and they should do it minute by minute or hour by hour, not every other day. And if, they, if they're if they willing to spend four years so they could be an engineer for the rest of their life, they should be willing to spend one or two years to be free for the rest of their lives. lot more impactful in their life than being an engineer? It's kind of funny how people go, oh, yeah, it's totally fine to uh, invest that many years in being a concert pianist or an engineer or a doctor or whatever or a teacher And they'll go, yeah, that makes total sense to invest that much. But they don't want to invest months and months and months into being completely free and aligned for the rest of their lives. That's another thing I tell people that makes you a bit of an idiot. Like, wow, you know what? What's going to make way more of a difference in your life is being aligned and being free and being peaceful. But you seem to think that's not worth investing months and months of your life into. That's strange to me
2: people have morning rituals and they have uh, spend 30 minutes on meditation, but then for the rest of the day, they still continue doing the same thing. And that's why I think it's so important what you just mentioned, that it's not about day to day or month to month or even hour to hour. It's really moment to moment commitment to becoming a better version of yourself to kind of reprogramming your mind to such an extent that you're so even obsessed. Like I am obsessed with that. And I think that's exactly what makes a difference that I even rarely get frustrated or super sad and stuff like that. Not to say that emotions aren't helpful, but it's such a difference when you commit on a moment-to-moment basis.
1: And here's what it is, right? People are, uh, I would say, this is how absurd it is from my perspective, and I include myself in this when I got like, it's like, a, I would say why I'm like peaceful and grounded and free and uh having a great adventure of life is because that's really important to me. It's more important to me than you know, fulfilling my purpose, being of service in the world. And, and that's the fallout of that. Now there's a moment to moment. And if it gets disrupted for a moment, I uh, attend to it. I correct it. It's not perfect. I get, maybe tr- I get triggered. I get this and that, but it's, that's off for me, right? People react that way if their wifi goes out, but they don't react that way if their alignment of self goes out did get like really shitty and react right away if they don't got internet
2: you know what comes in my mind now that a lot of people would have other excuses they would say but I don't have the time for this it it feels like it's too much of an effort I'm so busy I have so many things on my plate I don't have time to think about what I'm thinking and doing moment by moment
1: yeah go well, excellent well then you should um you should become a masterful sufferer then <laughs> I'm not going gonna, to gonna tell you. I'm, I've actually done arguing with people about, okay, fine. That's what you're saying is it's not important to you. But it was important enough for me to go to that concert, it's sport like this. I said, you know, you don't have time. You know what people ask me time. I've told them this. I said, okay, fine. You know what? Before I ever give you any coaching on how to make time, what you have to do is videotape yourself for 24 hours and then sit down and watch it. And then you come to me and you tell me you don't have the time. You're so profoundly full of shit. And the fact of the matter is, if, you, if it's not important for you, to be peaceful and free and do the work to be that for the rest of your life, then don't do it. Because whatever's important to you, you make time for. So I have no problem with you saying, I don't have time for this, that's fine. I shouldn't work with you because that means it's not important for you. And I don't wanna waste your time and money or my time with something, trying to get you to do something that's not important to you. If it's important to you, you will make the time. How do we know? Because you and I have always done that for all of history. So let's at least tell the truth and say it's not important. Watching Netflix is more important, this more important, that more important. I can demonstrate that if you if you put effort into that moment by moment, you will actually produce more in, the, in your work and in other things in, in a week than you would be without doing that. And you can even see the logic of that because you're more grounded, more peaceful, more thoughtful in where you're coming from and therefore more effective. But if you want to have this argument with me, I'm actually not going to have it. You can be right and you can continue to live as you do because that's what you're arguing for.
2: And you know, some people, they come to you as if you're a rescuer. Like you are the one supposed to save them, to bring them to the contentment and happiness. And please save me. Please tell me what, what I'm supposed to do, how I'm supposed to live my life. Well, in fact, they have everything they need. You are just facilitating their Their journey, but at the end of the day, you're not responsible for the results. And I think this is this is the thing where responsibility comes in. Most people they don't take the responsibility for what they actually want.
1: Yeah, and this is important. And I tell people, and I invite anybody who's listening, I say, listen, don't do this work unless you you're already accountable for the outcome. L- let me give an example. I had a friend who hit a like a depression, and was giving some coaching and that. And one day she's like. Screw it! I'm done. I'm pulling myself out of this. I'm done with this space. And then she said, "Okay, good. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do yoga twice a day. I'm going to eat real clean." Uh, this is many years ago when the movie The Secret came out. She goes, "I'm going to watch The Secret every day. Focus on this, and you know, uh, you know, all the what am I, you know, receptivity for and stuff like that." And she did it every single day. On the seventh day, she got a call from the director of The Secret, <laughs> who well, she never met or heard before, like anything like that. She's also a comedian, and she does comedy around this kind of stuff. And they said, "Uh, we're doing these conferences of secret and what the bleep. Do you know? Do we know? And we want you to open with your comedy act. We've heard about it. She's like, magic. Like, magic. Right? Like, wow. Then a year later, she got into a depression again. And she goes, what did I do last night? Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I did this, and I did this. And then so she did... She was like, oh, yeah, let me do that. And then she put in the tape, watch Secret, did it every day, and nothing happened. Because the first time, she was like, I'm getting out of it. I'm going to use this, 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 and I'm getting out of it. The second time, it's like, oh, yeah, that worked. So do it to me. Because she put the causality in the thing versus in that first time, she had already chosen. She already was had created herself as responsible, and she was going to use what was at hand. And then she made what was at hand, what was available to her, she made that responsible. And when she just did it that way, it didn't work. Right? So one of the things I'm really working on is to get people like you and me to stop working with people that haven't made that choice because our integrity is out if we allow them to think they're working when they haven't made the choice. That's what I believe. And totally, that's my opinion. You get that. Nobody else has to agree with me. That's fine. Because the problem is if they haven't made that choice and you do a bunch of this work, you can produce some improvement, but it doesn't handle the core items, right? But that's why I tell people, I said, oh, listen, um, let's lift the fog. People think they want, they have an intention to life to be different than it is, but they don't because otherwise it would be different than it is. And I don't mean that bad. I don't mean that being insulting. I said, stop. If we always fulfill our intention, then this must be your intention because this is the way that it is. And and why that's important is to get like, for instance, I would go out to this guy, help build my business and it wasn't working. Why? Because he discovered that his intention is to just get by. And he has it like, oh, I should be more, I should wanna grow, but he didn't. His real intention is just get by. So even when I did a bunch of work with him, he applied it. And then he would just work less hours because as soon as he was getting by, he would stop. And I go, dude, if that's what you want, then just relax and enjoy getting by. And that's why the work of the calling is to get what am I here for. And my calling, my purpose of being of service is source and harmony. That's why I'm having this dialogue, all this work of getting underneath. What serves people. And I have a commitment. I have a commitment to make it available to all of humanity, to have it make sense, to have it be fun, to have it be engaging. And actually, where people who right now aren't really committed to it, responsible, I, I totally believe they can make that shift. I'm not dismissing them, but I also don't want to work in a lie. And I want to create the space where there's, you know, people get it, and they start to desire it because they really see the difference, all of that. But I believe. How to create that demand and desire is to do it with the people who are responsible, demonstrate the results so people can go, Oh, it's like this. It's not a little improvement. It's not like less pain. It's not relief for my current life. It's profound alignment and the fulfillment of who I am.
2: I have a question then related to responsibility. I feel like a lot of people don't take that responsibility because they don't believe in themselves or they don't trust in themselves enough that they will transform themselves. They don't trust that it's actually going to happen. Yes. What do you think is the, the missing key there? Because if if people actually believed it, then they would commit. They would actually take responsibility. They would do the work. They would commit to going through the practice and repetition moment by moment and all of that. So where is that missing piece?
1: The missing piece for me is I do work with people, when I start working with them on like trust of self is one of the cornerstones of my work, right? So before I dive forward, let me clarify. Before i say, hey, let's get to work. And we would just dive forward and then you'd have all this completely different levels of impact and result, right? Until I realized what's the difference between different people. And it's exactly what you said. Uh, not believing it's possible and not trusting yourself. So I now begin with work. I, I actually, even if people say the right words, oh yeah, I totally know it's possible. I already know that's a lie as a generalization. So I go, okay, let's do some work. So I I work in two areas. And one of them is the trust of self. And the other one is what I call softening reality, having them get that they don't know what's real and what's possible and having them get connected to what's possible. I also point out that everywhere that I carefully work in ways and with principles that every single person has done or been in some time in their life, and people are being right now. So the mind can't go, that's not possible for me. Like, you know, when I gave that example of a uh, Oh, no, I'm too busy. I can't. Suddenly I went away to a concert. Everybody's done something like that. So I go, let's look in your life where you just, where you did this. You didn't think so. Then you did. And then like that. And then so we, we look so we can find reference points. Oh, yeah. I di- oh, that's right. That's- oh, yeah, I did. You know, so I do address those. I go, let's say, backwards first and address those things to create a space for the work going forward to be done. You know, and to deal with that, you know, that, that you can't or it's not possible it is a lie that you, that you don't know how doesn't mean it's not possible, that it's not true. You trust yourself. We may look at how people have maintained that so they don't have to take the risk of going for it and then maybe dealing with the failure, you know.
2: When I remember myself, my own journey, what really shifted for me to commit to myself was just asking as simple of a question as what is going to hurt more? To fail in trying to go on this path or to just suffer continuously for the rest of my life? Would I rather just at least try and then fail? Or will I never try to live a life of fulfillment and joy and have fun and be awesome, like you say? That one single question how would I feel if I didn't even try? If I was. 80 or 90 years old. And I would look back at my life and I would be like, back then, I didn't make a commitment to myself.
1: And so my experience is, is that it's good to have a bunch of things like that. And everybody's different. And some people, a question like that, some people, you know, there's some people like that. There's something that works for everybody. It's not the same thing for different people. One of the things that I take on, which I call gradient management, like managing the gradient. And it's a, if I really... Are and thoughtful, I can find the right gradient for every person. And for some people, it's like, I say, hey, don't worry about this. Don't worry about having to achieve the whole big thing. Let's just take this little practice and do it every day. Can you do this practice? I find the practice that they can do. I say, nothing, nothing else. Let's just do that every day. And after two weeks, they're like, oh, it's a little different. And then they start to get oh, I can see a possibility that I didn't see two weeks ago. I wasn't trying to get them to see the possibility. I was just getting them to do the practice that I know they can do every day. So there's a little bit of thoughtfulness and design and art to it.
2: We're all authentic, all unique, all have different perceptions. I call it different maps. Like we have different maps of paradigms of how we perceive things and what actually works for us. So Absolutely makes sense. Yeah. And I would love to come back to the topic of being of service, because that's also something massive. And you mentioned how your purpose is to be of service to others, to to humanity and so on. And I feel like a lot of people and including myself in the past, I would be this, you know, I, I do stuff, but then I also at the same time expect something in return. Until the moment when I realized that this is such a trap and I am going against myself and I really had to question my own paradigms. So I wonder, how would you help someone who is coming from that place from taking stuff or giving in order to receive?
1: Yeah, see, the thing about it is all of this work I do, I can do that successfully, but I can't do it with a simple answer. I work with them over time you see? And that's that's also one of the things. This is what makes this kind of dialogue tricky. I get totally where you're coming from. Here's what I can say. What I do is for each person, I design months of work, dialogue, support, alteration of their life that over time, they start to see things differently. I've very rarely been able to change everything with just one conversation. So, you know, to understand what their fears and concerns are. One of the things, for instance, that I'll do, sometimes I have to do it a number of times, is Moving the conversation of the trust of self, right, I Have this exercise, I will do things like this, for instance, the worst case scenario exercise. I said, okay, well, what are you afraid of? See, um, you know, people, I'm afraid of, I'm afraid of this. Well, if that doesn't work. Well, then, well, this could happen. Let's just say they have a business. Well, I'm afraid then I would lose my business, right? Okay, so what? Then I don't have any money. Okay, then so what? Well, so We get to their worst case scenario. I have this. I have nothing. I've got no money for live and eat. I said, okay, well, then imagine that already happened. Imagine that happened like a month ago. Where are you now? Okay, I'm at my mother's place. I'm at a friend's house. Okay, good. Like that's in reality, you're actually, you actually are okay. In reality, you're okay. But you, you can't just intellect. You have to do it, feel the fear, feel it, right? Okay, good. I said, then now you have to do this. You have to write out, write out 10 Twenty actions that you would take next. You have to write them out. Write them. Out. Now, and people got like, back on my feet. No, that's not an action. Uh, I'm, I'm getting a job. No. Oh, I would talk to these people and say I'm looking for a job. I would make my CV. I would go online. I would spend a couple of hours a day looking. Or I would start to find investors for my new business. You know, there's actions you would take. And as they start to get into the actions, they start to see. Oh, yeah, I'm at my friend's place and I'm doing actions. And then, okay, good. How long till you get back? till you actually at least are you know, have a thing or money or stuff like that They go oh, for no, it would not take me more than three months for sure. I said, okay, good. Let's make it six months, right? Let's just do that. Now I'm saying this, but you have to do it, this exercise with presence and feel it and take the actions. And then I say, okay, 12 or 18 months from now, how is life? Almost a hundred percent of the time, almost a hundred percent of the time people will say, I'll be really happy. They got almost, it's life will be better than it is now. Why? Brewer? Because everything that you're, that you've got anxiety and everything about now is gone and when you rebuild from nothing you don't bother putting in stuff that it's not aligned you've learned a lot you've learned lessons you've done some of this work and so therefore uh you you have a bunch of stuff around you just from inertia just because it's already there now you are don't have that much and now you go oh everything you've learned you put together a life that is more aligned from your preferences so almost always the worst the outcome of your worst case scenario of losing everything is that you have a better life now the thing about it is is i do work with people like that to get this and and then also trust of self the trust of self is that you will get back on your feet if you lost everything and then not only do you do that not only do you have more stuff aligned but this background fear that's always there like ah what if i don't want to lose i don't want to lose you already lost everything and you got back on your feet so that fear is gone it's, it's always there in your life. It's like, oh, huh, it's either gone or reduced. So all these different ways that life gets better. And anyways, so the point is, as I do work, to have people understand, first of all, and get beyond the fear of not getting stuff back and not the, and like, you know, like there's there's work to do and people to feel it, experience it, this. Also, we do the work to come from a place of just this is what I'm in service of, like playing the game, like like when you're on the f- football field or you're playing guitar, you're doing it to do everything you have. And then, if you play really well, maybe you win, maybe you don't. But you you know like but you can't go. I need to win, and then you can't. You're not looking at the ball, right? So we do work and um to create trust where we have, you know time working here. That's f- that's fine. You can't trust everything. Okay, good. Let's, in this situation, let's just come from this place. Let's just, and people are like, wow. And then what gets produced is like, oh. And then you do it enough times with them. And they start to build trust in coming from that place because they see what happens. And so it's a combination of all of those things. There's, there's more. But, it, you know, over time, we do that work to uh, so the people start to trust a different flow, a flow of source coming through them.
2: And as a result, they probably also start seeing the point of truly being of service to others.
1: Yep. People that lost. I mean, when I was a lot in business and stuff like that. This this is an old statistic, but uh, when I was doing my research, there was a statistic in the in the in the U.S. in the nineteen nineties or something like that, and it said that ninety uh, percent of the self-made millionaires, people you know, made from nothing by themselves, had been bankrupt at least once. You know, you learn from your failure. Learn from this. You learn like that. And it's like you know, it's it's a it's a whole different state of being. Everybody's afraid. I often tell people, I said, you know, one of the best things that could happen is if you lost everything at the end of every year, in 50 years, you'd live 50 lifetimes. You'd create entirely new adventures and new things. You wouldn't be stuck with any old stuff. And, you know, five years ago, I gave away everything. I just have two bags and a motorcycle. And every, other than, before the pandemic, I never spent more than two weeks in one place. And I chose the next place where arise, or I would choose someplace that's very intentional because it's going to be amazing or this and that. So I've just been gone from amazing thing to amazing thing, most of the time having no idea what's going to be. I have almost bought only one-way tickets without knowing where my next ticket was going to be until I got there. And I can't even tell you how ridiculous my life has been. And all I do is go where I can be in service and how can I serve and what am I working on? And
2: Amazing. So you know what, what you just said about those people who have failed or went bankrupt, the successful millionaires, self-made millionaires, why they actually succeed at the end anyways is because they're forced to look their fears straight in the eyes. Instead of trying to play safe and tiptoeing through life, I'm like, ah, maybe this will be too risky. Maybe that, maybe this, maybe that. But they're just, that's it. I'm bankrupt. I'm facing my fears now. Take it or leave it.
1: Yep. And that's it. You know, that's, I know it could be hard for people to hear, but it's like, you know, like the best thing is to not be afraid of losing. And people go, what if I lost everything? And I'm not trying to, uh, insult their fear or concern. I'm just saying, yeah, okay. And you know what? I'm like, like it so much. I gave everything away so I can have the space of nothing and then see what arises when I have nothing to hold on to, nothing to maintain, nothing to be attached to. And it just, whoa. And listen, people go like, okay, I have kids? Yeah, okay, you have kids and have a place to raise your kids. and But you can still have much less than you think you need, you know, and still not be attached. And there are people, I could introduce you to people who had three kids and they lost everything and stuff like that. And they still oh went to their parents, the kids and they rebuilt and even their kids are better because they got what it was. The kids are not, are less afraid. It's, there's no, but there's no, but I'm special and I can't lose everything. It's no like for whoever says that I can find you somebody who they were this, or they had kids or they had whatever. Right. And they still did. And they, they will almost all of them will say, I'm saying almost, I haven't met anybody, but everybody I've met, because I have interviewed lots of these people, and they said that's the best thing that ever happened to me. So I don't mean this is theory. I don't mean this is a rah-rah positive thinking, and I'm not meaning to be in, in, insult people's fears and concerns. I'm just telling you, listen, this is really how it is. If you if you look at it like um like skiing at the beginning when you're learning, you're it's you even you're taught what to do, you're ineffective because you're afraid of falling. You're trying to not fall, so it makes me... When you give up trying to not fall, then suddenly you start skiing smoothly. So if we give up, trying, because you actually can trust that if you do fall, it's not going to hurt that much, and you can get back on your feet. It's the same thing. If you do fail, it's not really going to hurt that much, and you will get back on your feet. I do mean that with my whole heart, and I wish people would like go for it and understand they can trust themselves to get back on their feet, but like you said, but not to end your life going, I didn't go for it.
2: So- what is your definition of freedom and success?
1: <laughs> All right. Well, okay, you're going to get it. Well, you're going to get the answer that's real for me, but it's very different, okay? <laughs>
2: Please go ahead.
1: <laughs> I know that I support people in like a freedom, and I also don't work on success or say, let's redefine it because what you call it, so I'm no interest in that. But really, I only use that as a partway strategy to get them to where I'm committed to, which is that you don't care about any of that shit at all ever again. You don't care about being happy or about being free or about success or about any of that. All those words are psh, done, done. So I'm going to lay this out there because what I'm about to share for me is as my work continues to evolve, but this for me is is a progression that's been really, really important. And I invite people to look at it. I started by helping. I always wanted people to be happy. So go, Oh, help me. And what do you want oh, I want to grow my business I help the guy triple his business? He wasn't any happy. In fact, he was more stressed running a bigger business. And then I did other uh, modifications. It got better and better. Then I got, oh, wait a minute. Before I help people achieve their goals, I should help. Let's get to a more social place so where the goals are coming from is more aligned. So we would do that and then have more beautiful goals and we would achieve them. Still something missing. Then more variations and then i made a breakthrough and then i thought aha and always whenever you think you're brilliant it's a good sign that something's off and you go oh bro which is why do people want all those goals because they want to be happy and fulfilled and joyful and then i was like so then i'll just work on happy and fulfilled and joyful and i thought see not material it's just here that's the right thing huh but you know when you're starting to judge it somehow so then i Help people with that, and I got pretty good at that, but there was still something missing, which you, you would think is strange I'm having people reliably, you know, get some access to that, but something was still missing because, like somebody said, ch- uh, attachment to things spiritual is the same as attachment to things material. There was still chasing something. We're still getting somewhere, right? So then I went away for a while, with this, that whole thing of then shifting, you know, especially my time in the jungles and that to where you're coming from and living from someplace, and this... And then getting your game, your purpose, right? And that's the game, like my game of source. It's like, so when you're playing football and you're going and you're playing it and you're chasing about like, so you, you're playing your game, the game you love, the thing that what your life's about. And when you're playing, you don't go, do I feel good? Do I feel bad? Am I happy? Am I free? Am I this? Am I? You know, you don't care. You're in the game. And I'm like, holy shit, when you're really playing the game, you don't care about any of that shit. You know what I'm saying? That's the that's where freedom is. Not when you're like trying to get freedom. There's just it's just not caring at all. Oh my God. And I said, like, who cares about my happy? happy? Like when I'm in the chasing about my happy gonna. how do people think? They look are they looking at me? Do they like me? What do they think? No, I'm in the game. Right now, when you're in the game, the other thing, it 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 really elevated because I a long time ago I got, I think I'm gonna stop worrying about how I feel because I felt trapped by chasing good feelings, avoiding bad ones, and that was like a prison. And I got, oh my God, when I'm in the game, sometimes I'm upset because they scored. Sometimes I love it because we win. Sometimes I have a cramp. Something, but I'm okay with all of that. When I'm in the game fully, I'm okay. I have a context, a space for all of the experiences of life, up and down. Do you get what I'm saying? It's like okay to have them inside. Of, there's a there's a space for them and a purpose, whatever it is. And it's like, oh, I don't sit there and worry about how I felt during when they I just I felt it. I felt. Ah, uh, they score, you know, okay, done, over, game, chase the
2: ball. Love it. So what, what sounds to me is you're talking about acceptance, acceptance of the present moment as it is.
1: No, but not quite because I, I, I did used to say all that stuff and I still do sometimes, but you don't even need any of that because when you're in the game, you don't go, I need to accept this. You just do. That's the thing with this. I want, it's like, this is all, that's why I said I threw out so much of my work because I realized I was making it more complicated for people than it needed to be. And they were trying to figure it out. I'm like, no, let's just get your purpose and have you play that and get better and better and playing that and from coming from that place. You stop worrying about all the other stuff. You don't have time to go, how do I feel I'm happy or not? Like, you're, mm, that. Okay, I'm going to have people get to the source of things. And sometimes I win, sometimes I lose. And sometimes I'm something like this and whatever it is. And mm, it doesn't matter. You don't even have to bring acceptance. You just are in the game, you're present just about being fully present
2: so it's as pure as being can be just be yeah just be
1: and 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 it and and it's like oh I have this like source something wants to come through you to be of service and there's that whatever that is and then designing your life around that it, and and what I'm talking about every single person has done that in their life whether they play football whether they play guitar listen or when you're playing Pictionary, and you're like, ah, ooh, and you, you're, free, you're having people go, and then afterwards, afterwards you go, that was fun. But in the moment, you're like, but why could, Why was it so much? Because you got out of yourself. You were in the, I'm not, it's just not even significant. It doesn't, you get what I'm saying? You could just be playing Pictionary and having hilarious, because you're like outside of yourself. You're just like totally into the game. So I already know that every person can
2: do what I'm talking about. So we should be more monkeys. <laughs> I would say <laughs> <laughs> love it. Thank you so much. I mean, I'm blown away by this conversation. Thank you so much for all your insights, all all that you had to share. This is a beautiful addition to to the people who are listening to actually just be and in your words to be awesome.
1: Be awesome, yeah. Oh, if you just go okay, and I'm um, being awesome with the people in front of me, if I'm like that, like just like, and I swear everything will just alter right away. Ego, no, it okay, could be awesome. You like this, like, it works. I get in like, I'm like in this fucking when I'm irritated by something. I said, wait a minute. If I was being awesome right now, what would how would I do and be? And I just like, I have to give up being right and have to give up like that. Then, but if I, I, it's so cool. But if I just shift to that, everything all this like, huh, oh, my, my mind, it just disappears in a second just by choosing to be awesome.
2: Ah. Uh. Love it. Thank you so much, Anurag. It's been such a pleasure. Do you want to share anything, how people can find you or anything like that?
1: If people have questions, they can find me on Facebook, like you did, or... uh and oh, and my nickname is RAG, so that's how to differentiate me between other Anurag groups, I guess, or Vancouver. I don't know because I don't actually search that. I'm just because you found me that way, so I'm saying I guess like that. I don't have like I don't have a website. I don't do. I don't I, you know continue inviting me to 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 the things. I don't maintain. I have no public presence. I just I'm not, I just like to do my work. I like to work with people. I don't like to. The right people find me and i'm happy i'm just happy i just work with like that and so I'm, if i'm not i'm not promoting anything i'm just here and the right people find me and it always works out to be a lot of fun like this <laughs> you know and it's like okay whatever whoever shows up and uh uh you can you know it's me because what i use facebook for is i post jokes
2: that's how i found you or rather that's how i knew that i found person because you're posting so many jokes <laughs> yeah
1: i mean i my, my thing is I, everything for me is to be intentional and that intentional doesn't mean serious Is i'm not gonna either i'm gonna like use it for something or i'm out and so what i i like people smiling so i like finding things that to me make me smile and then i share it and if it makes even one person smile for me that was a worthy use of that effort and looking the time i spend looking for them uh reading different ones always reminds me the 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 funny view of life you know like
2: which is another amazing important nugget that people take their lives way too seriously so having more fun laughing more smiling more just being awesome more all of that that's that's what life is all about
1: yeah yeah i, I would say that make that the most important thing and then figure out other stuff that you want to do
0: that's the intention
1: <laughs> that is
0: Ooh, i hope you enjoyed this episode to an extent that it's not just another conversation you've listened to but Something actually shifted in your understanding about life, your mind, intentions, etc. So I invite you to ask yourself, where am I coming from? And give yourself the time for the answer to come to the surface. Life is too short to waste it on purposeless chasing. So if you'd like to dive deeper into your personal growth, don't hesitate to reach out to have a chat about that. And if you find this episode and the entire podcast helpful, Please share it with people who will benefit from it. And by doing so, you will contribute to making the world a happier place. Thanks and speak to you in the next episode.